Welcome to Science, Scripture, and Salvation, a radio ministry of the Institute for Creation Research. In this program, we want to encourage you in your Christian faith by showing how scientific evidence supports the Bible, particularly the Genesis account. The book of Genesis lays the foundation for all matters addressed in the rest of the Bible. The nature of God, His sovereignty in creation, man's purpose, sin, marriage, family, and why we need a Savior are all introduced and explained in Genesis. When we see that the first and most foundational book of the Bible can be trusted in all matters, including science, it builds confidence in the rest of the inspired Word all the way to Revelation. Today's episode features Dr. Tim Clary, geologist and research associate with the Institute for Creation Research. Here's Dr. Clary. Today we're going to talk about some of the fables of dinosaur evolution. We're going to look at two points in particular. But uh, dinosaurs are claimed by the secular world to have evolved from ancestors and all these animals have evolved from ancestors. We're going to look at that today and say what do the rocks really show? What What do the dinosaur fossils actually show? One thing that a lot of Christians struggle with is, you know, how do dinosaurs fit into the Bible? Uh, since the word dinosaur is not in the Bible, many people wonder, were there really dinosaurs and humans? Did they really live together? Or did the dinosaurs live before humans? And are dinosaurs really millions of years old, like the secular scientists say? So in other words, aren't dinosaurs disproving the Bible? Well, one of the things we need to remember is the dinosaur word was not coined or not phrased until 1841. And the Bible was translated back in 1611 in the King James Version. So there's no reason, to, no way to put the word dinosaur in the Bible. But the dinosaur is described as possibly the behemoth in the book of Job. And we'll talk maybe more about that some other time. What does the Bible really say? It says that the dinosaurs, or all the land animals, including the dinosaurs, were created on day six of creation week. In Genesis 1.25, it says, And God made the beasts of the earth according to his kind, which would include all the land animals like the dinosaurs. And the dinosaurs, like all animals, were created to eat just plants. In Genesis 1.30, God said, And also to every beast of the earth, I have given every green herb for food. So originally, even that mighty T-Rex was just eating plants. But the plants maybe were a little different back then. We see a lot of extinct plants. The plants might have contained different proteins to supply the needs for these created beings and created animals that God came up with. It's not ridiculous to say that dinosaurs could eat and survive just on herbs and just on plants. But today we want to look at these two myths, these evolutionary myths that are spread, that dinosaurs had many ancestors, that they came from some unknown animal, that they evolved and they evolved into other forms, and eventually we want to look at the myth that dinosaurs turned into birds. The biggest problem with any evolution starts with the very beginning of the fossils where we see the pre-Cambrian-Cambrian boundary, which is called the Cambrian explosion. And this is Charles Darwin's big dilemma. He wondered why it is that suddenly in the lowermost layers of the Cambrian, we see every major animal group suddenly shows up. Before that, there's almost no evidence of any multicellular animals whatsoever. Maybe just in the very latest Ediacaran just before that. But suddenly everything just shows up, and that's a big problem for the evolutionists even today. They've written many, many books on this. But from a biblical standpoint, that's not a problem. God created all these animals, like he says, and then during the flood, these animals were suddenly buried, and we see the first evidence of the flood in these Cambrian rocks, part of that sock sequence. So what we really see is everything just shows up because that's the way God created them, and that's the way they were buried in the flood. But we see lots of variety, but we don't see anything changing from one kind to another. And as a 
quote from a evolutionary textbook that says somewhere sometime in the Precambrian era, a major milestone occurred in the evolution of life on Earth. This is from a 2011 zoology book. So they don't really know where or when life is supposed to evolve, but yet they believe that life did evolve. But complexity and stasis are the rules of their fossil record. Things just appear in a rock layer and then they disappear. They don't change. There's no evidence of changes taking place. They just show up and then they disappear. And the dinosaurs did the same thing. The dinosaurs also do not show evolution. They just show up. You have different dinosaurs in this layer and the next layer above. You have different dinosaurs in the next layer above. You have different dinosaurs. But do we really see any evidence of evolution like the psychiatrists say? And I challenge you and I say no. The rocks do not show this. Let's look at the sauropods, the long necks, for example. The long-necked dinosaurs had a very unique neck. They had a large body size, four-legged stance, very, very small head, and they all had 10 or more neck bones. They had elongated neck bones, and then they had to have hollow vertebrae to lighten it up. All these designs were there from the beginning when God created the sauropods. There's no evidence of a half-long neck, half 10 bones or nine bones or eight bones. We just see suddenly 10 or more neck bones. We see a small head because if you had a large head, these animals wouldn't be able to support the weight of their head. So all this design was built in by God originally. But we look at the rocks, we see no evidence of any ancestors to the sauropods. We don't see these half-long-necked animals. We don't see animals that have a half-a-long tail, a half-a-long neck. We don't see animals with a big head shrinking their head down to a smaller size. We see absolutely nothing. They just show up in the rock layers in mostly the Jurassic and Triassic and Cretaceous system rocks. If we look at the ceratopsians, these are the animals with the horns and the frills like triceratops. We see those just show up in the rock record. There may be hundreds of varieties, and the scientists seem to find a new one almost every year, sometimes twice a year, but they find the same basic four-legged animal with a tail, with a horn or two or three horns, with a big fancy frill, but we see no ancestors. We look at the rocks for the ceratopsians. We look down below the Cretaceous system where most of them are found, and we see no ancestors that look anything like a ceratopsian. They just show up in the rock record. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about the Tyrannosaurus rex. Are there ancestors to that? Now it's time for a short break. We'll hear more from Dr. Clary in a moment. Dinosaurs are fascinating creatures. Seeing their fossils inspires a sense of awe and wonder that sparks the imagination. We're learning more about them all the time, but many questions still remain. Are dinosaurs really millions of years old? Did they live at the same time as humans? How do they fit with the Bible? And why are they extinct today? The Institute for Creation Research addresses these questions and more in their full-color and easy-to-read book, Guide to Dinosaurs. Guide to Dinosaurs delves into the history of dinosaurs, fossil discoveries, dinosaur kinds, and what the Bible has to say about these mysterious creatures. It serves as a helpful resource for parents and kids alike. Order your copy of Guide to Dinosaurs from the Institute for Creation Research by calling 800-628-7640 or visiting icr.org. That's 800-628-7640 or visiting icr.org. Welcome back to Science, Scripture, and Salvation, a radio ministry of the Institute for Creation Research. Here's Dr. Clary. In our last segment, we left off with Tyrannosaurus rex. Does it have an ancestor? Secularists say that all the dinosaurs should have ancestors. They all should have evolved from something. But when we look at the rocks, what do we see? 
We see the dinosaurs have, and the tyrannosaurs particularly, they have a long missing record. We find new varieties of tyrannosaurs, just like new varieties of the ceratopsians, the horned dinosaurs, but we see no ancestors. We just keep finding more and more varieties. That is exactly what the Bible talks about. God built in lots of design, lots of variety, lots of different types of animals, but they never change from one to the next. So you look at the rocks, we see there's no ancestors to T-Rexes at all. We just see animals that resemble other dinosaurs completely different from a T-Rex. And the bottom line is there are zero ancestors to any dinosaurs. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dinosaurs, all the different species, but yet they're all just varieties of the same basic maybe 60 or 70 kinds of dinosaurs. And we look for ancestors in the rocks below where they should be, and we see zeros and zeros and zeros. There are no ancestors at all. David Weisample, who actually was the lead author of the Dinosauria, which is one of the most comprehensive dinosaur books of all, says, Alas, my list of dinosaurian ancestors is an empty one. So here we have one of the leading dinosaur paleontologists saying that there are no ancestors. That's exactly what the Bible said all along, that God created everything as they were with just variety built in. Our second point we want to talk about in our remaining time is that dinosaurs evolved into birds. That's what the story is. But yet we'll see that they didn't. They show up in the rock record just like the dinosaurs, fully formed. Most of this evidence, unfortunately, that you're hearing about recently is coming from one location in China. And the Chinese are known for creating frauds and fake fossils. In 1999, the Archaeoraptor was made up from this location in China where they glued together a bird and they glued together a dinosaur and they sold it to a collector in the United States and many dinosaur paleontologists were fooled by this, the famous Archaeoraptor fraud. And in fact, it was half bird, half dinosaur, but it was glued together. So there was no ancestor to birds and dinosaurs that was common. There are also no feathers on dinosaurs. Uh, the so-called feathers, if you read through the papers, they talk about these are just proto-feathers. And one researcher actually demonstrated that the same looking hair-like structures that we see in some of these fossils that they're trying to call our proto-feathers can actually be produced by decomposition of fibers in the skin during burial. And so there may not be really anything, any hair-like structures at all. Stephen Brousset, the paleontologist at the University of Edinburgh in the UK, said the bones of these species are covered with thick, feathery fluff, not the quill pen feathers of living birds, but filament-like feathers that look like hair. So they admit openly that these are not really feathers like birds have. But the biggest problem with dinosaurs evolving into birds, as the psychologists try to show you, and they try to put feathers on T-Rexes and they put all these feathers on things, the biggest problem is back looking at the rocks. The rocks don't lie. People do, but the rocks don't lie. And we see there are fully formed birds like the Archaeopteryx in rock layers well below the most bird-like dinosaurs. So the most bird-like dinosaurs show up in the Cretaceous system, but in the previous system, the Jurassic, we have fully formed birds that could fly. So how can birds evolve into dinosaurs when you have birds before the bird-like dinosaurs? It doesn't make any sense from an evolutionary standpoint or a scientific standpoint. And it actually makes more sense with what the Bible says, that the fossils are just a record of the global flood. As you laid these layers down, birds couldn't fly for 150 days, and they got buried in the flood sediments as well. But there's no evidence of any evolution of either the dinosaurs or the birds, or evolution of feathers. Gunther Weil from the Euro Museum in Germany says, so we don't know exactly the dinosaurs from which the birds evolved. So even the secondary paleontologists admit they don't know where the birds, if they evolved, where they came from. They're at a loss, but the rocks already show birds are already there. When you take off those evolutionary glasses interpreting the data, we can take the Bible at face value. 
And the Bible really was right all along. All these dinosaurs are created fully formed and functional with a lot of variety, but no evidence of any evolution. We look in the rocks below where we find them, and we see no evidence of any ancestors to the dinosaurs. So dinosaurs did not have feathers. Dinosaurs did not evolve into birds. Uh, the rock record is clear on that. We have birds before the most bird-like dinosaurs in the rock record. And so the Bible had the story right all along. God created dinosaurs on day six along with humans. He created birds on day five. And the flood is what we see in the rock record where we find our fossils. That's the flood record that took place in the global flood of Noah's day. Thank you for joining us on Science, Scripture, and Salvation, a radio ministry of the Institute for Creation Research. That's all the time we have for our program today, but we would love to connect with you through our website at icr.org. For over 45 years, ICR has equipped believers with evidence of the Bible's accuracy and authority by showing how science supports the Genesis creation account. Our scientists research the evidence for creation and communicate their findings through books, articles, DVD series, and conferences. Please visit our website at icr.org for more information about the latest scientific discoveries, to subscribe to our free magazine and devotional, and to locate our next creation conference at a venue near you. All of this and more at icr.org. If you've enjoyed this podcast, subscribe to Science, Scripture, and Salvation on iTunes. Also, do us a favor and rate and review the show so that more listeners can find us. Thanks for listening, and God bless.